Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Marvel Movie News, we're going to talk about the new writer for Captain Marvel 2. Plus, apparently Kevin Feige sat down with Patrick Stewart. I'm sorry, Sir Patrick Stewart to talk about Professor Charles Xavier. What does that mean? What are these photos of U.S. agent and a bunch more on Marvel Movie News? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. Ah, hello, good afternoon to you, our merry Marvelites. Welcome back to Marvel Movie News. We are coming to you live from, uh... Well, let's say the X-Mansion. Why not? That's where I usually like to spend my time. I was gonna say I was gonna say the Star Jammer, but that's Colt's like hangout. We yeah. can't be taking Colt's spaceship. No, I mean it was just his birthday. He didn't invite us over. We're not gonna crash his party. Like cool. uh, Carol Danvers doesn't have like a, a ship. She doesn't need one. She just like zooms. Yeah, uh, she's but she's the captain of her own ship. Yeah, well, I'll go with that. Oh, hey, guys, uh, I'm Zach Wilson. Christian Blatt is hey, here. Hey, look, it's me. Uh, Zia had some stuff to do during the podcast today uh, because there's some awesome stuff coming up uh, after we go off the air. Uh, and before we get into the news for today, we talked about it at the end of last week's show. But, Christian, I want you to tease this interview that you and Zia are going to be doing Pretty much the moment or minutes after we go off the air here. Yeah, right after we finish here, we'll be doing a special Marvel TV Weekly where we speak to uh, Eric Lewald, uh, who was the showrunner of X-Men, the animated series, and his wife, Julia, who was also a writer on the show. Uh, Eric has a book about it. So we're very excited to talk about X-Men, the animated series. Uh, Zia will be here by then. So uh, she uh, clearly... She only can do one show a day, you know? Look, when you're that level talent, you have uh, certain restrictions that, uh, <laughs> that are what you're allowed to do. I, I mean, I think of it as more like that. what you guys are doing is so cool yeah. that she was like, ah, there's too much cool in one day. Right. I can't handle the uh, extra levels of cool that's talking to Christian and Zach about the Marvel news yeah. from this week. But uh, in uh, the chat, Zeno Hour already says, no Zia, boo. Nice to see you too, Zeno Hour. Yeah, ow. <laughs> um, no, we're gonna. So we're gonna break down. Uh, oh, by the way, that's gonna be on AfterBuzz. Oh, TV. yeah, sorry, AfterBuzz TV, Marvel TV Weekly. That's uh, starting at yeah. two o'clock Pacific, five Eastern. Sorry. Our sister network. Uh, if you're looking for it, there. So go to AfterBuzz TV to find out more. Um, but let's take, let's talk about the news from this week. Yeah, let's do uh, it. There's some cool stories. That we got. I want to start off with uh, the one that broke yesterday, yeah. which is Captain Marvel 2 has, according to leaks and rumors, which I feel like everyone is like treating this, all the news outlets are like, this is happening, and then you look back at the original thing, and it's like, uh, sources say that this, and it's not even finalized, it's in final negotiations, which has got to be hell for a writer in final negotiations, yeah. that the public is like, this is happening, Um 
So apparently Captain Marvel 2 has found a a writer for the at least this draft of the script. Yes. That's, again, I want we we need to be clear. It's like they've hired someone to write the script. Yes. That's where we're at. Uh her name is Megan McDonnell and her her main credit as far as I can tell based on everything her her really only uh pro level credit is She's a currently a staff writer on WandaVision. Correct. For Disney Plus, which obviously none of us have seen, but it must be going well and she must be doing a great job if they're ready to promote her to uh to the big to a, to a feature. Yeah, right, exactly. So That's a uh, promotion, that, right? Yeah, well, in I guess terms it's all perspective. Of, yeah, in terms of do you want your money all at once or do you want a steady gig over like 4 or 5 months? You well, know, WandaVision's so. a problem is a one-off, so No, yeah, but I just mean like she, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. being a, a TV writer versus being a feature writer. Uh, <laughs> I know both and uh, they'll probably each tell you the other is better, but in any case, yeah, I, that that tells us you know what it tells us? At least it's going better than uh, Tiger and Dazzler was because she's a writer on the show and they want to use her again. So uh, that tells us that it's going well. And uh, I don't know, we get little drips and drabs about WandaVision. And uh, every time we hear anything, whether it's a rumor or, you know, a set photo of Elizabeth Olsen, you know, checking her Instagram, uh, just the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, can we just have the show like now so I can watch it? Yeah. Somewhere else you may have heard uh, Meg- Megan McDonald's name. She was a producer on the script notes podcast uh which is a screenwriting podcast uh it's been going on for a number of years she was the doing the behind the scenes you know those behind the scenes guys are all right even sometimes our own mr fantastic sometimes uh, yeah. i mean sometimes they let those guys out of the booth and uh let them host the show and then they regret it several years later several years later i don't yeah. know anyone who whose case that is i don't i can't think of any <coughs> uh, moving on before anyone dissects that too far uh so there's there is like obviously the other side of this hiring and that sort of is that this means that and this sort of with the same leak Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck who uh wrote and directed the first Captain Marvel Correct. will not be returning although according to the same sources they Marvel does want to work with them again just they want to go to a different creative team for Captain Marvel too. Yeah, I think it's important to have something like that you know, attached to the story because when directors leave, usually, you know, I mean, they didn't leave during the project. So I think that that helps oh, it yeah, be amicable. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times when a, you hear that a director is not doing something, there's probably some sort of problem along the way. So I think it's, uh, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think they did a good job. And I'm sure that there's something else that they, they think they're well suited for. Yeah. So that's good that they're going to stick around. Yeah. It, it, if that's true. I mean, here's the thing. Captain Marvel 2 does not have an official release date. Right. Uh, the rumor attached to this is that it's 2022. That feels very quick if they're only just hiring someone to write the script. Yes. Uh, two years. Yes, it's doable. And Hollywood has done a lot quicker turns. But Marvel, I feel like, tends to put things a little further out. Now, I can't remember exactly where we'd put Captain Marvel 2 in our predictions list. Yeah, we had a spot for it, but I actually forget now. Yeah. yeah um, but... Look, I, we 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 can't know. We don't also don't know that this is the first draft. Like Marvel has also has a history of hiring people to write drafts in secret. Supposedly there are ver- there are scripts laying around the Marvel offices for a Nova movie for uh, uh, pack uh, the the what's the the kids uh, power pack power pack yeah yeah. Uh, the, supposedly that script is lying around Marvel's offices somewhere. 
It's very possible. We don't know. Marvel had a lab for a while where they were just getting people to turn out drafts and then being like, because it's cheap for them to just hire a writer, write something, and then we'll see. That's how Guardians became a thing, is they literally were just like, write a Guardian script, and we'll maybe. Uh, And then they got like, you know what? This this might work. And then look where we are now. Um, So Captain Marvel 2 is obviously going to need a new director. Uh, for to pair with uh, with Megan McDonald for for the sequel, do you have any thoughts on who you would want to see take this over? I have a couple, and I can start if you need time to. No, uh, my go to, and we we threw her name out there last week, is uh, always going to be basically you know these few weeks after the Mandalorian. I'm always going to immediately think of Deborah Chow. Yeah, it's, and it's uh, hard not to. But isn't didn't we talk about last week? She's directing all of the Obi Wan series. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm going to assume she's not available, but that's who I thought of immediately. But the Obi Wan series is probably filming next year, 2021. Right. Um, I guess it depends on the timeline for Captain Marvel too. But if they're only writing it right now, yeah, and they're in like production on Obi Wan like soon, I actually would actually. It, this is based on nothing but my own conjecture. I would expect them to be, probably be shooting Obi-Wan before the end of the year. Ryan, as the co-host of Star Wars News, do you have any idea when they're writing or planning on shooting Obi-Wan, or is it all still a secret? I mean, it's so crazy. Last week, there was a random, complete false rumor that, that they were going to yeah. cancel it. And yeah. I wasn't was, even going to talk about it, because it's just... It's <laughs> yeah, I know, don't even address it. When that's what Disney did, and that's actually kind of what freaked some people out, was they weren't like denying it. But um, uh, I, I think that they're actually going to be filming that later this year, because I know it's coming after Mandalorian season two, which is this fall, so we're at least a year out from that. Uh, but I mean, I, so I think she's booked if they're really going to start settling down with a director right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to hear who else you guys have in mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had some thoughts. Like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deborah Chow. Um, I think similarly from the Mandalorian, I think you have to kind of take a look at Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, after, absolutely. Because I loved her episode of Mandalorian. Like. I didn't realize it was her until after the fact, uh, and I was watching through the credits. But uh, it's the um, it's the one where they're on the planet, or it's the one where they're like hiding in the small village, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they it's it's basically a Kurosawa movie, right? Uh, hell yeah, I want to see that. Like yeah. more of like if she can do that, I want to see more. So I think you have to take a look at her. Um, D- Disney did uh, so uh, again all this conjecture. They did say, and it makes sense that they want to find a female Helmer. For this sure. project, I yeah. think I, I think that just, makes perfect just sense. To clarify why, yeah. like I'm only going to throw out female directors, and I think it's right for the project as well. Um, Michelle McLaren, I think, is somebody that I would love to see. I've been wanting to see get a crack at her own like big feature film. Uh, Michelle McLaren, if you're not familiar, is a TV director who has worked on so much like high top tier television over the years game of thrones in like the the earlier seasons not in that last season but she she directed game of thrones breaking bad better call saul uh what what else is on there she has a couple episodes of the walking dead uh a a ton of stuff uh like one of the one of the one of the episode cairo for the leftovers an episode of westworld she's one of those directors who they do shows up in like high prestige television and knocks it out of the park um i don't know enough about her like Obviously, TV directing and film feature film directing are a little bit different, and I don't know enough about her distinct storytelling style 
to know what she would bring to a project yeah. on her own. She was on Wonder Woman and left for creative differences. Right. Uh, so it's hard to say. Look, and the, there's a lot of different ways to make that transition. I mean, let's not forget that when J.J. Uh, Abrams did Mission Impossible 3, he'd only done television before that. And that's uh, quite yep. a way to break into directing as <laughs> a huge you know, franchise. Uh, you know, in the chat, M.K. Songbird has uh, a few very specific suggestions. So I wanted to read them into the official record here. Okay. Julia Hart, who did Fast Color and Stargirl for Disney+. Plus, Nia DaCosta, who did Little Woods, Candyman. Uh, Nicole Casell, who did Watchmen, Leftovers, and Westworld. Uh, Victoria, Victoria Mahoney uh, was the second unit director for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Good for you, knowing the second unit director, by the way. Also did You, Power, and Claws. So that's a lot of uh, television. So, uh, you know, I like that M.K. Songbird had such very specific thoughts and wanted to give the credit. So I thought it was worth acknowledging. Yeah. Um, I also thought uh, Olivia Wilde is probably worth... Uh, a look and doesn't have the action background, but Marvel has literally apparently said before, like, no, we'll teach, we'll get somebody to help you with that stuff. We yeah. just need a good character director. And I think, especially for Captain Marvel, somebody with Olivia Wilde's humor chops. Yeah. To come in, uh, it would be a great choice, especially not knowing what a modern, like, because this is 30 years removed in, in the timeline yeah, from. True. Captain Marvel, the first the movie. first movie, yeah. Uh, let's just get a couple more in here. Uh, June mentions uh, Ava DuVernay. Uh, Kame Egan says Greta Gerwig. So obviously, uh, going if you know Marvel slash Disney uh, doesn't want to cut corners on hiring the director, those are some names that are certainly worth uh, considering. Uh, and let's see, Zeno Hour also says Deborah Chow, uh, Lorraine uh, Scafaria, who did Hustlers. Or Nikki Carlo, she did uh, Mulan, I assume that means the live action one. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's plenty plenty uh, out there, and uh, I only thought of one of these. But, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Olivia Wilde would be very interesting, I think, because, uh, you know, I mean, you know, directing a movie like Book Smart is a lot different than doing, a, a, you know, a Marvel movie, but it's, I don't, I don't think that. I don't know. I don't think there's such a huge learning curve. You have a lot of people around if, who want you to succeed. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously she's very talented. So uh, I think that uh, uh, Ryan, you suggest Ryan in the booth suggested Mimi Leader, who I actually let her. I don't know who that is. Oh, Mimi Letter. Uh, she directed actually majority of the leftovers, and she also did. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's on the basis of Sex, that film that came out sure. a year ago. Uh, she's a pretty talented. She's done a lot of of feature film and TV work. I mean, you just said like say, to me, basically saying did creative work on the leftovers to me is you're, I'm like great, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, if you tell Zach that they were the second assistant caterer on the leftovers, he's like, yeah, they could probably. I direct. said creative I work. <laughs> uh, great one from Scott Boswell. Doctor Who fans will appreciate uh, Rachel Talele. I don't know if I pronounced it right. I think it's Talalay. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I'm like, I said it wrong. Uh, and uh, Jenna James, Sarah Treem, who was a co-creator, EP showrunner of The Affair on Showtime. So uh, some great suggestions out there. Keep them coming. Obviously, if you're watching the archive version, leave them in the, the comments down below, as we like to say. That could be interesting if Rachel Talalay... I mean, I've loved a lot of her episodes of Doctor Who. She's just also worked on so many... Like, all of her superhero content is like... It's all CW stuff. Yeah. It's like, and, and Iron Fist. And she's like, Ugh, yeah, it's I, not, I don't, uh, but, and, but like, she also directed like some, some of the like hell, heaven sent and hell bent of Dr. Who, which are yeah, great episodes. Great. 
So it's like, ah, maybe just give her good scripts to work with, and then we can go from there. And uh, June, I feel like Patty Jenkins is uh, tied up, and uh, I, I feel like they would not be happy if she decided to moonlight as uh, you know doing Captain Marvel too. I don't. Uh, know. Not- Wonder Woman's done. Like second one's coming out this yeah, year. But her schedule opens up with James Gunn. Like we're we're starting right. to do a little. They're starting yeah. to share, but they shared James Gunn because they fired James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> WB is not going to fire Patty Jenkins. And look, she's finished, going to finish up on Wonder Woman 1984, and she's probably immediately going into pre-production on Wonder Woman Y2K. So, you know, I think it's... Uh, I feel like they want to keep her busy. Oh, my God. If, I really if, hope it's Wonder Woman Y2K, it, it, It's way. Wonder Woman Y2K, and they have some, like, uh, mythical reason yeah. for the Y2K virus. Right. That this has, is why Y2K didn't get us, because the, Wonder Woman fought it. Wonder Woman... Y2K is actually a a virus sent by Poseidon. I don't know why I'm picking Poseidon. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess it would be Demeter. Uh, Demeter is mad that we've messed up the Earth and is sending a Y2K virus. Uh, we're talking about DC stuff. We yeah, have- <laughs> but still, it's fun. It's fun. I like these ideas. Um, that's more, I love mythology stuff. It's why I'm, I'm like really hopeful that we get somebody like Hercules in The Eternals. Uh, which Eternals is still filming it's true. in uh, in London. They apparently yeah. shut down a bridge this week or something like that. Uh, in in it jo- must be nice Jolly to shut down bridges uh, for your England. job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, speaking of being of Brits, yes, uh, let's talk about Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh my gosh! And let me just drop in a shameless plug, if you don't mind, over on the Popcorn Talk uh, tonight at nine p.m. We will be doing the first episode of Star Trek Picard: The After Show, which yes. I stayed up until midnight. Well, I stayed up to 1 a.m. As soon as it launched at 12.01, I was watching it, and I watched nice. it until uh, 12.51. Love Sir Patrick Stewart. I still haven't finished Next Generation. You don't need to. It's fine. Uh, but I want to. Anyway, um, so this was, like, shocking news to me for a couple different reasons. But apparently, uh, while Patrick Stewart is doing the Picard like press tour, one of the things that he mentioned in an interview was that he and Kevin Feige have talked at length about... Yeah. X-Men and uh, Charles Xavier. He uh, This is the quote from, from Sir Patrick Stewart. I met with Kevin Feige a couple months ago, and we had long, long conversations. And there have been moves and suggestions which include Charles Xavier. And he said he's not going back to the role because he and Hugh Jackman had decided that Logan was going to be their swan song for yeah. those characters. And I like that. I, I think it's I, a great way to say goodbye to them, especially yeah. uh, Charles. I mean, with Logan, it's a little different. You can be like, well, yeah, but that's set a little bit in the future. Let's get this Logan story. And you could do that with Charles. But I don't know. I, I think at that point, Feige was probably like, all right, let me call James McAvoy, see what he has to say. <laughs> so, Well, this that's the interesting thing. I mean, look, I, I, I agree with the reasoning because Logan is such yeah. a – phenomenal movie yeah. that it is a great that's a great out for both of those actors and characters yes. it's a great way to just Absolutely. like put the final like period down on that on that franchise for them but the fact that Kevin Feige was even going to talk to Sir Patrick Stewart about Charles Xavier what do you think that means for his plans for X-Men does that mean that he was do you think that was going to mean Chat, get in on this too. Was he A, going to fold in some pieces of the Fox universe, either through a a Secret Wars-style universe smash, or was he just going to use the actors he liked and reboot them 
into the MCU. Yeah, I mean, that. I think the second one is probably fairly likely. I mean, you know, look, a lot of this stuff is rumors, but when you read anything about, you know, who he likes from the TV actors, you get the impression that Kevin Feige very much would like to work with Charlie Cox, presumably, as Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kristen Ritter, you know? Uh, so, but those at least are tangentially in the yeah. MCU. Even, yeah. though the M- even though the movie's never That's acknowledged true. them, You're right. the show's bent over backwards to make sure that they obeyed the timeline. Right. And, the, and these are completely separate. Uh, so, yeah, I think it would probably be, you know, he's kind of cherry picking. You know, I mean, look, am I going to assume that he's never called Hugh Jackman, that he's never talked to him? about? I'm sure he's talked to him about it. And Hugh Jackman probably doesn't want to do it. You know, he's like, well, if, if Wolverine's going to sing and dance in this movie, I'll consider it. And then he's like, OK, <laughs> I'd watch that. Oh, I would, oh, my God. Are you kidding? I, I would go pay to see that at the Hollywood Bowl. I would love to see that. But look, they're doing Frozen, the musical. Right. Shrek's got a musical. Yeah, like. Aladdin's on stage now. Like they're all they're all on stage. Where's, where's Wolverine the musical? I'm we need just it. saying X Men the musical, Ooh. songs of future past. It writes itself. I saw Spider Man turn off the dark. Oh, I forgot you saw that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, don't do that. No. Learn from it. I wish I'd seen that. I I, I hate myself that I did. But I'm I, so I, glad I, I saw moved it. here basically right when that started. So uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, by the way, this is not exactly what we're talking about, but the idea of recasting Professor X has come up in the chat and Charles Lee has a great choice that I want to make sure we acknowledge. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, best known for Lost, uh, as Locke. Uh, I think he would be great. Uh, Charles Lee says he's been my main choice for the MCU version. Uh, my main choice is still Sir Patrick Stewart, but working under the assumption that they would recast, I think he's a good choice. Terry O'Quinn's not a bad choice. I mean, he, look, he has the, the right... Look, he's not going to look weird bald like James yeah. McAvoy. Because yeah. James McAvoy, bald James McAvoy just looked unnatural. It's, a, yeah, it's just that's like, true. no, yeah. it doesn't. Some people, look, I don't think I'd have, I don't think, I, I, I hope I never have to find out. Oh, I have an ugly head. I know that nobody wants to see what's under here. Um, I mean, based on my uh, my family, one day I'll know. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I don't think it's going to look great. Some people, Terry O'Quinn, has, he looks good bald. Uh, he's not a bad choice, um, and uh, I, I hope he can do a British accent. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I, I look. I've talked about it before. I uh, and I've sort of gone back and forth in discussions with people. You know, take you take your ideas and you discuss them and you build on. I still like the idea of Magneto coming from the American Civil Rights Movement because the time, unless you're going to do some crazy time spanny thing where the it Magneto started it off and he's not no longer around or something and we're doing a movie in the 70s with with a with a yeah. holocaust survivor but if you're not going to do that if you really want mutants in the modern day and you want magneto and xavier playing off each other i think a, uh, a magneto from the american civil rights act who is african-american uh from the south like probably from alabama i think is a is a great way to go however a british charles xavier playing against him who's in who's well-intentioned but has not experienced what Magneto has, what what Eric has experienced in the in the American South in the sixties and seventies. I think that is a really interesting dynamic. So you could get Terry O'Quinn yeah. in that in that case, and then you get uh, like you look. There's a ton of different options. I I still there's a part of me that still thinks Denzel Washington as Magneto is this like 
bizarre masterstroke. Well, I mean, he's been Malcolm X, so obviously, yeah. you know, I mean, it, that absolutely makes sense. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I think it would be interesting, uh, you know, how they decide to tell it. And yeah, it, I think how they do it, it's going to depend. Like, is it going to be an existing universe and then all of a sudden they they pop into the MCU or do they develop them as new characters in the modern day? I think these are all things that they have to be thinking yeah. about. And, uh, you know, the fact that they were that Feige was at least speaking with Patrick Stewart gives you the impression that maybe uh, it'll it'll kind of be the the former idea where it, they'll have had their own history in a in a different a different part of the multiverse or yeah something. a different part of the, like look we ripped open the multiverse yeah. last year like I, the Infinity War the Infinity Stone uh, saga could have I I still think like the Infinity Stones being blamed as the cause of mutant abilities is an interesting t- take because it doesn't matter where the where they came from whether it was evolution or or the infinity stones or people are just blaming the infinity stones uh scenario for for the case and they're like no it was evolution it becomes a debate in that way uh i think could be really interesting yeah um i do want to see what he would have done i'm curious what he would have done bringing patrick stewart back in he look he's he's getting on in in years sure clearly, clearly he's not going to play the same role he would have played 20 years ago because that's when the first x-men movie that's came right. out you guys it was actually 20 years ago i don't like it x-men 2000 don't like it no nope. um but that's the world that we live in we're getting older there's uh, a debate in the chat as to whether or not Professor Xavier is actually British, uh, because you know. Uh, the, I guess I just he he's not necessarily British because in the animated series he's not British. That's true. Uh, but Sir Patrick Stewart, I think if he had done an American accent, uh, it it would have been. Look, I don't love Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent as Doctor Strange. I've said many times it's gotten better. Uh, I could never wrap my head around Hugh Laurie's American accent. I st- I still can't watch House for that simple reason. I can't watch him British. I've watched too much house. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. See that I can understand that. So, uh, yeah, and I think that you know it just depends. I I think if your actor is British, I think a lot of the, like Doctor Strange could have been British. There's no reason he had to do an yeah. American accent. But so I I don't know. I think it doesn't need to be a requirement, and that's the reason why I that's, pointed out because they're talking about it so much in the, in the chat. That's a really good point, and yes. it's just like I my brain just thinks of him as Brit. I still well, I read that him way for twenty years. I read so, him British yeah. in the in the comics now, partially because of. Patrick Stewart. Uh, where is he at? Does he have a canonical home in the comics? Like a birthplace? He must. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just think, can't remember. I, I think the mansion is, is his childhood well, that's his, home. It's yeah. his, okay. So I, I think, you know, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but that uh, does sound right. So he's in New Yorker. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, look, he, he's he from also, Westchester. We don't he, have accents. He also could be British in the way that Madonna's British, you know, just all of a sudden like, Oh, how'd that happen? Okay. Nice well, to see you, it's, Charlie. That, it's that Connecticut British where you're like, you've you been, your family's lived here since only, the Mayflower. Only, Why do you talk like that? Only people from the East coast will understand uh, Connecticut British. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, uh, so, okay. So I'll look, I'll, I'll eat my own words on that. He doesn't have to be British and making him from the Northeast and just like unaware of what other people have gone through in the country. Yeah, from Canarsie. Uh, <laughs> is from where? Canarsie in Brooklyn. <laughs> All right. I, I, just, I just did some quick research just Thank real you. quick. Um, this is what I found. I found okay. Xavier is American born in the yep. comics and in animation. Right. He speaks with a British accent in the films, although uh, it is a through line that his mom is English and he might have picked up the accent from his mother in either variations. Fair enough. Okay, so that's where you I'm getting it way. confused on. Yeah. I'm, uh, my apologies. I made a mistake. 
And now yeah. we're going to move forward from it yes. and grow as people, as nerds but together. Great, great suggestions in the chat. Uh, a lot of people are throwing Mark Strong in there as a potential Charles Xavier. I think if he were evil, that would be great. But uh, uh, so, yeah, well, there's some great suggestions in there. Oh, yeah. I don't trust Mark Strong. No, I don't. I can't. He can't. No, I'm not going to send my kid to his school. Uh, gr- granted, to be fair, Charles Xavier, not always the most trustworthy person. Especially in the comics, right? That, that's true. Uh, he messes yeah. around a don't, lot. Don't read his uh, his thought bubbles in X Men number one when he's thinking about Gene. Let's just say that. Uh, and by X Men nope. number one, I mean nineteen. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, so some quick news, quick rumors. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is supposedly in talks to join Shang Chi, uh, which is about to start filming. Supposedly Aquafina just flew out to get started or ahead of filming. Um, I, I don't know as who. But Michelle no, Yeoh yeah, is yeah. in is in talks. Uh, I think it'd be great. So there's that. Uh, jumping over to the Disney Plus side, She Hulk is uh, reportedly going to start filming in July, and I'm so tor- I'm like my my feelings on this project are so torn because I'm so jealous, but I'm yeah. so excited to see what they do. Like I want to watch this show so bad, I just wanted to be involved. Yes, because exactly. uh, I love this character, and I, I can't wait to see what they do. Um, now the big new, some of the bigger news from this week was, and I don't want to show these images, Ryan. I know you're going to look them up, but don't, don't personal show policy yeah. on the show. We 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 do not show uh, leaked like big paparazzi photos like this. Like maybe there's like this is like oh there's nothing really in there. We try not to like show them. You can look it up if you want. But U.S. Agent was. Uh, in the, uh, a big, it was uh, trending on Twitter and all that yeah. this week because uh, somebody supposedly on set took a snapshot of that big glorious uniform, like it's a whole costume, yeah, uh, of the U.S. agent. And so to describe to you what we're looking at is it looks like a basically a different version of Cap's suit, but with that, yeah. like, Union... Or not Union Jack, but, like, that American flag, like, aesthetic that U.S. Agent yeah. has in the comics. Um, so that's what we're not showing, Ryan. Yeah. You can I haven't get, put it up. Haven't put yeah, it up. You can get a comic but book image. But we can image. pull up a comic, book, a comic book, image. book image of U.S. Agent. Um, but it does... It, it even has the Cap yeah. A that's, like, baked into a star. It's a it's a, a very interesting design. It's very clearly, like, a... A marketer, a marketing company's attempt to recreate Captain America. Yeah, no. uh, yeah, and then uh, the image that yeah, there's a, a lot of times you'll see it in black, which is also an Im- a costume that Steve Rogers wore as the captain when he was fired from being Captain America. Uh, but it's the, it's the same costume, uh, and this is essentially what we what you'll see in the picture. Uh, it's a little different than this, but it is that idea where you have the the stripes and just a couple stars, you know, yeah. uh, uh, on there. Yeah. But it absolutely evokes Captain America yeah. to a T. And in, and so the big thing here is that U.S. agent in this photo is carrying what appears yeah. to be Cap's shield. Yeah, and we were talking uh, before the show, and obviously you're starting to get the idea that what this show is about is the government basically says, uh, Sam, you're not Captain America just because 80-year-old Steve Rogers said you are. Uh, we're the United States government. We'll tell you who Captain America is, and uh, it's going to be U.S. agent, uh, which if you know from the comics, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, yeah. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting how they play 
or how that story tells the story of U.S. agent. They even have said in Civil War, like, technically, that's the U.S. government's property. Right. So I could see the U.S. government saying, well, we let Steve Rogers keep it, or technically Tony Stark for a while. No. Uh, but we let Steve Rogers keep it because he's Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's especially even after, like, the, the, the snap, like, he was still Captain America. He yeah. gets the shield. Uh, but you're not. Yeah. Steve Rogers, we're uh, I could see like them taking it away from him. Now I also don't know that this is the shield. It right. could just be another shield. Right. Um. There, there's some like one the well we we get it back at the end of Endgame and yes. goes to Sam. I don't know that Sam's letting it out of his sight for a moment. No, because if the government insists insists on he, he him doing that, uh, maybe he uh, calls T'Challa and is like, "Hey, can you get me a dummy shield really fast? Thanks, buddy." And uh, you know, then he gives them you know not that shield. You know, he hides that shield somewhere. Yeah. So uh, uh, that that that's what I would do if I were Sam Wilson. I would not give the government Steve Rogers shield. Oh, there's no way he gives it up willingly. Right. But can he stop them if they come in with enough force? That's true. Uh, and look, it's a picture perfect recreation at the very uh, yes. least. Uh, so it'll, it, and look, this series is now has three people who have canonically held the Captain America name right. all yeah. running around in there. Cause you got Bucky and Sam running around together. Uh, it, the question is what will they be doing in this series? I could definitely see a MacGuffin where they've stolen the shield from Sam yeah. and they're like, the the like goal of the series is to steal it back because yeah. it's filling this whole show is going to be about filling the void left by Steve Rogers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, somebody else has to take up the mantle of having America's ass, and we're going to figure out who it is. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that. Uh, uh, oh, and by the way, Zeno Hour kind of pulling on the thread that I dangled out there. Will U.S. Agent go full psychopath on the show? My answer: I hope so. Because that's an interesting story, uh, you know. And then maybe that, you know, not to get too bogged down, but then that would really be a true representation of uh, of America in 2020 if you can be Captain America and a psychopath. So, uh, yeah. And June says the same thing. Sam can easily go to Wakanda and get <laughs> get a vibranium Falcon suit. Oh, that's not what I said. Uh, yeah, yeah. They got enough vibranium there that uh, T'Challa is just giving it all away. But uh, yeah. I'm, and I'm also just saying I don't think that this guy's going to be taken over as America's ass because those he's wearing some fairly loose fitting pants. I think. Look, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Ghost eighty three eighty six just says uh, I the hope, only one in spandex. I hope this show sets up the Thunderbolts. So that was another thing that people have been talking about is that the potential that this could no. be Thunderbolts. I think between this and Black Widow, it would be shocking if it doesn't. Because yeah. Black Widow has literally Thunderbolt Ross running around in it. It's true. And Taskmaster, both of whom have been on that team at different times. I I think we're going to get the Thunderbolts soon, if not immediately from one of these projects. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, and look, look, at, all, look at all Baron Zemo there look, in the front. Yeah, and, you, have, and, you have Baron Zemo on the show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not what we're talking about, but I think it's an interesting question. Uh, I think it has a quick answer. Michael B. says, if Cap and Peggy had kids, wouldn't they have powers too? I would say not necessarily because Steve wasn't born with his powers. You know, if Steve were a mutant, you have a chance, you know? You like know, the idea that Scott Summers and Jean Grey had a mutant child makes sense because they're both mutants. But it is – they did like alter his – it wasn't just like muscle growth. It's true. Like the the super soldier serum, it like altered his DNA. Yeah. So I 
could see it. I mean, much the same way that, like, when, look, when Peter and Mary Jane have kids, they have spider powers. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. So I don't, it's a, it's such an interest. It's, it's like a purely up to the writer to make that decision. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause it could go either way. And you also have to then debate like, which universe are we in? Are we in the writer's universe where, uh, Cap went to a different universe or different timeline and then came yeah, back? Or are we true. in the director's universe where he's stuck around and uh, it's all the same timeline, and Gab's yeah. been like hiding there in the background as Roger Stevenson uh, for eighty years. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, we don't we we don't know because literally the creatives behind Endgame disagree. Yes. Uh, so we will have to see yeah. on that one. Uh, well, we can talk about Modok next. Yeah, let's talk about Modok. I was excited about this. Modok. Uh, where did I put that? Yeah, so Modoc is unveiling uh, some new cast members, and it also, uh, as part of this story, has led to um, uh, we know the name of the new Marvel instead of Marvel Television because Marvel Television is dead, but Marvel TV Studios is alive and kicking. So uh, we got some some news on uh, Marvel's Modoc, the animated series, which is going to star Patton Oswalt as Modoc. Yes, and then it's also going to it has uh, some people like Melissa Fumero, Amy Garcia, uh, Wendy McClellan, Covey, Ben Schwartz. Yes, is going to be on Modoc. What in the world? As his twelve year old son. Yes, yeah. and, I love that. And just the fact that like these people like. Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah, uh, is going to be playing uh, his daughter. <laughs> so what we're getting is because we didn't know this before. What we're getting from Modoc, the the animated show, is a family of I think it's a family of giant heads. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> that are just living a normal, like suburban life, right? Where, like, the daughter is 17 and is, like, the queen of the school. Literally what Marvel.com says is, the queen bee of her school and a star in the world of teen figure skating. (laughs) The hell is this show, you guys? Yeah, look at Modoc, dude. There's a family of those. I uh, I think Modoc is going to be everything we want it to be, and uh, a few things we didn't realize we needed it to be. So uh, I'm very excited for this show. And yeah, look, after uh, the aforementioned uh, Tiger and Dazzler, uh, always the reminder that these shows are still happening is encouraging. Like when, well, when uh, our friend uh, Colt Badeau shared the story with me, he was just like, hey, the show's still happening at least, you know, so it's always good to to get a little check in. I think that I think that all these shows will still happen, uh, you know, uh, it just, I still feel like they're all going to be one season and then, and then, you know, Marvel will close the book on them. Yeah, and I'm just looking at more of these, like, Beck Bennett from yeah. SNL is going to be on this show as basically like a uh, a tech whiz, like a Mark Zuckerberg type who yeah. buys AIM. Yeah, and it's also it's also not his first voice work because he is Launchpad on the yeah. uh, new Ducktales. So uh, yeah, although this might be my favorite, I'm not even familiar with his work necessarily. But uh, Sam Richardson is going to be playing a character named Gary. Oh yeah, who this. is just one of the the like henchmen in yellow beekeeper outfits. Yeah, from AIM, who's just stuck around because yeah. he's loyal to Modoc. I'm so excited about this show. What the hell has Patton Oswalt created? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. 
but clearly he wants to be involved because uh, he is Modoc. So yeah, I. I don't know how long it'll be till we get this show, but uh, this is uh, this is definitely very intriguing. All of it, yeah, uh, it's it's very true. I look, I can't wait to find out more about this. We still don't really know what's going on. Like, well, you know, the Howard the Duck is continuing right. to be to be written and and produced. Uh, we just don't know any of the details beyond the fact that it's happening. Yeah, and Hitmonkey completely below the radar. We yeah. haven't heard anything about Hitmonkey. Yay, nay, indifferent. I have to assume it's still going. Yes. Uh, and we don't know if Tiger and Dazzler has found new people or yeah. somebody or if they're just going to sort of like let it fade into the background. Right. Which I hope not, by the way. Because, no, it, it could uh, I was be... excited for all these shows, but I, I, I really would have liked to have seen how they worked that one out. I just I'm like, what what were your what was your plan here? Like of all the, of all of them, that was I did not think they were going to go this direction with Modoc. No, no, no. But with that with Tiger and Dazzler, I'm like, I don't know what way you're going. Yeah. What you can those yeah. two characters i think it's fun if it's sort of like you know a, a sitcom vibe because the press release references that he's going through a midlife crisis mid modoc is oh yeah so, this is gonna be yeah. this is gonna probably be like a an abc sitcom yeah but with a super villain family of giant heads yeah <laughs> right exactly and like, i'm in like most abc sitcoms with a, a family of giant heads uh it's modern family but, <laughs> with, with, but with giant heads like look that's a pitch yeah that's a hell true. of a pitch uh hey guys that's gonna do it for uh for marvel movie news uh for this week uh be sure to stick around. We're ending yeah. a little early this week because Christian needs to get ready to talk to the people behind X-Men, the animated series, you guys. So whether you're listening to this in podcast form, watching us live on YouTube, or watching it on YouTube After Effect, be sure to check out on AfterBuzz TV that interview because it's going to be a great time. Yeah, it'll be a great conversation with uh, Eric and Julia LeWald. That'll be for those watching live right at about 2 o'clock Pacific over on AfterBuzz TV, Marvel TV Weekly. Z and I will be there. So please check that out. And of course, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Christian DMZ. All right, guys. Uh, I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. Until next time, this has been Marvel Movie News Excelsior. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.